So at this time, I encourage you to open your Bibles to Habakkuk chapter 3. I'd also encourage you to follow along with the sermon outline, which is on our online bulletin, and you can get to that from our website at hbcmanchester.org. So our scripture reading today is Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 1 through 2. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet, according to Shigionoth. O Lord, I have heard the report of you. In your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In death, remember mercy. Amen. What is the best thing to do in stressful times? Let's take our multiple choice test this morning and see what you think. Is the best thing to do A, watch a lot of TV, B, get really angry and let everyone know that you are really angry, C, eat an enormous amount of ice cream, or D, pray. For those of you who have been paying attention during this Habakkuk sermon series, know that the correct answer is D, pray. We need to pray when we are in stressful times. At the end of Habakkuk chapter 2, we read that the Lord is in his holy temple. So Habakkuk now offers his prayer in the direction of that temple, and he prays to God in the expectation that God will hear and answer his prayer. What kind of stress is Habakkuk under? We have seen that God has let Habakkuk know that the nation of Israel is about to endure complete devastation. The fierce Babylonians have been raised up by God himself to bring judgment upon his chosen people of Israel for Israel's many sins. How does Habakkuk respond to the news of this upcoming judgment? He responds like any sane person would. He responds with the word we see in verse 2, fear. Habakkuk is terrified of the coming judgment of God. But Habakkuk does not try to run away and escape from this bad news. Instead, his response is to pray. He continues to wrestle with God in prayer. And now in this last chapter of the book of Habakkuk, the prophet is going to lead all of the nation of Israel in a prayer. He's going to teach them how to pray as they deal with the stress of falling under God's judgment as a nation through the vicious Babylonians. This prayer of Habakkuk that he teaches the nation is a musical prayer. The term shigionoth in verse 1 is a musical word. Habakkuk is giving musical direction to the congregation with this word so that his prayer can be sung. Since this is a, a sad song that needs to be sung by the nation, Perhaps you can picture this song as a country music song with weepy steel guitars. It is a sad lament that is to be sung, like many of the laments that are written in the Psalms. And so let's look at Habakkuk's prayer today from Habakkuk 3 and see what we should pray for in our own stressful times. First of all, we should pray that God preserves life. Habakkuk begins his prayer in verse 2 by saying, O Lord, I have heard the report of you. Habakkuk has heard the revelation that God has given to him about what is going to happen 
to Israel. He knows the destruction that is coming for his country and his people. The first words that God had said to Habakkuk in response to the prophet's prayers are found in the first chapter of Habakkuk, chapter 1 and verse 5, where we read God say, Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your day that you would not believe if told. God was right. Habakkuk did not believe what God told him. He did not believe that God's chosen people were going to be utterly devastated. Nor did he believe that God would use the wicked Babylonians to bring that destruction on Israel. So as Habakkuk thought about what God was going to do in Israel, he was afraid, we read in verse 2. Terror was approaching for the country. But Habakkuk taught the Israelites how to pray in the midst of their fears. And the Jews would sing the song that Habakkuk taught them while they waited for the Babylonian invasion. They would also sing this song while they were living in exile in Babylon itself. And they would sing Habakkuk's song after they had returned from exile to the land of Israel. It will be a song and a prayer that would carry the nation through their fears. Here is the truth about life. Life is untidy. Life is messy. We cannot control it. We are not in charge. God is. And what does God ask of us while we live out our days here on this earth? He asks that we live by faith. The most famous verse in the book of Habakkuk is found in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4, where we read at the end of the verse, the righteous shall live by his faith. So no matter what stress you are under, no matter what kind of judgments the hand of God may bring upon your nation, God's people are to live by faith. We are to live by faith in him that he is in control. This does not mean that we live without any kind of fear. The faith that we possess goes through some suffering and it goes through some very scary circumstances. It is a faith that keeps still and knows that God is God even in the midst of our fears. Think of the fear that Israel must have felt in Habakkuk's day. They knew that war was coming for them. Not only that, they knew that defeat was coming. They were going to lose to the Babylonians. How scary was that? And yet God told them to have faith. God told the people to trust in him in spite of the disaster that was coming for Israel. He told them to keep the faith in spite of their fears. And the first thing that Habakkuk taught Israel to pray in their stressful time was that God would preserve the life of his faithful people. We read in the middle of verse 2, in the midst of the years, revive it. Or some translations put it, in the midst of the years, make him live. Make who live? The person who is living by faith. Habakkuk is teaching Israel 
here to pray for God to keep his promise. God had promised in Habakkuk 2.4 that the righteous will live by his faith. Israel needed to pray that God would keep some of the nation of Israel alive in the midst of the coming disaster. The nation needed to plead with God in prayer for its life through the gathering storm of disaster. And in the midst of the years, the years between the time when God would judge Israel through Babylon and the year when God would finally judge Babylon, in between those times, God would hear Israel's prayer and God would protect the life of the nation. He would keep some of the Israelites who live by faith alive in response to their prayers, the prayers that they had been led in by Habakkuk. Sometimes prayer is really basic. Someone once said that there are only two kinds of prayers in the Bible. God thanks and God help. Here Habakkuk is teaching the people of God to pray for God to help them. He is teaching the people to pray that God would preserve their life as a nation. And miraculously, God did hear and answer this prayer for the tiny nation of Israel in spite of the massive power of the nation of Babylon. When my wife was diagnosed with cancer three years ago, Wendy could tell that the doctor did not have much hope for her. She would tell me later that the doctor gave her the impression that she, would, she should probably just drive straight to the funeral home after the doctor's appointment and make arrangements there. At that moment, the only thing that I knew how to do was to pray. And my prayer was not all that fancy. It was basic. God, save my wife. Spare her life. Extend her days. Help her, I pray. Now, for some reason, I suspect it was because of God's mercy and grace. God has chosen to answer that prayer. Now, I know that sometimes God does not answer prayers to preserve someone's life here on this earth. We have all prayed for healing for some people who have died. But do you know what? Sometimes God does the impossible. Sometimes God amazes the doctors. Sometimes God saves somebody's life. So when your life is threatened in some way, let your prayers get really basic. God, save my life. Save my children from making a bad decision. Protect my job. Save my marriage. Do what only you can do. Preserve my life in this time of crisis. Praying like this is living by faith. We should pray not only that God preserves our life, but we should pray as well that God provides understanding. The second prayer that Habakkuk teaches Israel to pray in verse 2 is in the midst of the years, make it known. In the midst of the years between God's judgment on Israel through the Babylonians 
and the year when God finally would judge Babylon for their sins, the people of Israel were to pray for understanding of God's plan in that time. After all, God's plans are mysterious. God's plans are hard for us to understand. How could God choose to bring devastation upon his chosen people of Israel? And how could God use a wicked nation like the Babylonians to discipline his own people? The people would need to pray for understanding of God's plan if they were going to live by faith in these disastrous days. Understanding what God is doing is necessary for survival in a stressful time. It's confusing for us when God's own people have abandoned him, like the Israelites had abandoned God in Habakkuk's day. We need then to pray for understanding in order to survive such a dark time. One man who survived such a dark time in church history was Charles Simeon. Charles Simeon was the pastor of Trinity Church in Cambridge, England, for 54 years, beginning in the year 1782. It is amazing that Charles Simeon lasted for so many years at this church. When he first became the pastor, the church made it clear to him that they did not want him. They instead wanted the assistant pastor, a man named Hammond. And so for the first 12 years of Charles Simeon's pastorate at the church, the church would not even let their own pastor preach at the Sunday evening service. Instead, they assigned other people to preach. And for the first 10 years of his ministry at the church, they also would take the time to lock up the pews so that the people could not sit down on this, in the Sunday morning service. You see, people in those days had special keys that they would use that would allow them to sit in their pews. They would pay for the privilege of having their own pew. I guess this was a way of raising funds for the church in those days. But the pew holders in Charles Simeon's day would conduct a power play with their own pastor. They refused to come to church, and they refused to allow anyone to sit in their own personal pews. Pastor Simeon tried to get around this particular power play by setting up some chairs in the aisles. There were many people who wanted to come and hear the gospel. And so he set up those chairs. But what happened was that the church custodians would take those chairs in the aisles and they would throw them out into the churchyard. Now, if you were Charles Simeon, would you have been confused by what God was allowing to happen in his own church? I would have been. I would be like, God, what are you doing? I came here to serve you. But the people here don't want me. They just want to fight me. Help me to understand what you are doing so that I can serve you in this place and in this time. In time, Charles Simeon came to understand that through his own suffering, God was making him more like Jesus. Charles Simeon once said, When I am getting through a hedge, if my head and my shoulders are safely through, 
I can bear the pricking of my legs. Let us rejoice in the remembrance that our holy head, Jesus, has surmounted all his suffering and triumphed over death. Let us follow him patiently. We shall soon be partakers of his victory. Church, our suffering makes us more like Jesus. And if you are suffering right now in this season of the coronavirus, perhaps an understanding of how suffering makes you more like Christ will help you to endure your own suffering. If you don't understand the mysteries of what God is doing in your life right now, I would urge you to pray for God to make it known. You might not understand for a while what God is doing or how this is helpful for your life, but in time, God will give you understanding. And in order to encourage you, I want you to see how God answered this very prayer of Habakkuk and the people of Israel as they sang the song in Habakkuk chapter 3. In the year 606 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon first conquered Jerusalem. But in that year, God answered the first part of Habakkuk's prayer by preserving the life of four young Jewish men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These four young men did not die, just like Habakkuk had asked prayer for. They survived, and they were sent to Babylon. But they must have wondered while they were in Babylon, how could they be God's chosen people in a foreign land? How could they be good Jews outside of Jerusalem? I want you to notice how these four Jews were described in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 4. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. Did you notice that these four Jewish men were quick to understand? I don't think that is a coincidence that these godly young men were quick to understand when that is exactly and specifically what Habakkuk had prayed for the Jewish nation, that God would supply understanding to his people. Through these four young men, God gave prophecy to the Jews about what God was doing in their days in Babylon. God gave gifts of wisdom among his people through these young men. God then answered the prayers of Habakkuk and the people of Israel. He helped Israel to understand what God was doing even in their darkest hours. Church, these last days of world history that we are living in are confusing days. It is hard for us to know what God is doing. It's hard for us to know how we should respond. So what do we need to do? We need to pray. We need to pray in the midst of the years. Make it known. We need to pray that God provides understanding for us and his church so that we can survive and thrive in our stressful times. Finally, we should pray that God remembers mercy. 
One thing that all of us in the church always need is the mercy of God. And so Habakkuk taught the people of Israel to pray in Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 2. In wrath, remember mercy. In the scary days after Babylon's invasion, Habakkuk and the rest of the nation of Israel would be afraid. The word wrath in verse 2 indicates that this was a time of agitation and disturbance. It was a time when Israel was going to be shaken to its very foundations. Many people from the nation were going to be killed, and those who survived were going to be sent into exile in Babylon. So what did Habakkuk tell the people to pray? He told them to pray for God to pour out his mercy on the nation under such incredible stress. And so a good prayer to pray in a stressful time is another basic prayer. Lord, have mercy. I deserve your wrath, O God, for all of my many sins. But please, remember to be merciful. I went to college in the South, and like many state universities in the South, my school, the University of North Carolina, had a statue of a Confederate soldier on the campus grounds. Here's a picture of the statue that stood at my university for over 100 years. Now, this statue stood on the far north of the campus, and I think it stood at that location for two reasons. It stood at the far north of the campus as a symbol of all of the North Carolinians who fought for the Confederacy against Yankees like us invading from the north. And it also stood at the far north of the campus on what is essentially the front yard of the school in order to honor all of the Confederate soldiers from the school who had fought and died for the Southern way of life. Just about every day, I would pass by this monument on my way, either into town or toward class. But I was not surprised to hear that on August 20th, 2018, some students from the school had torn this statue down. Why would they do that? Because Confederate soldiers fought on behalf of slavery. And slavery is a great evil. It is a great sin. Some of the students then did not want to remember anymore the university's history of students who fought on behalf of slavery. They wanted to forget that part of their history. They were ashamed of it, and they wanted to remember this sin no more. Some of you listening to me today have a sin in your life that you would like to forget about. You know that the sin that you committed was a great evil, and you know that the holy God should pour out all of his smoking justice on you for your sin. But no matter what you do, you cannot forget about the sin that you committed. It stands like a giant monument at the front door of your house. And no matter how much you try, you cannot pull that monument down. 
Your shame, then, is visible for all to see. If you are ashamed today because of something from your past, I have good news for you. I have gospel for you today. The good news is that for people of faith, God remembers to show mercy at the very same time that he is revealing his wrath against sin. One in history did God remember to show mercy at a time when he revealed his anger against sin? At the cross. God poured out all of his just anger on sin when Jesus was crucified on the cross. Jesus took the punishment at the cross that we deserved. And at the very same time, God showed mercy to you as a sinner. Jesus died in your place on the cross, and he gave his own righteousness to you at that time. And so whenever you are ashamed of your own guilt, do you know what you can do? You can look at the monument that God has set up toward his own mercy. You can look at that monument, the monument of the cross. That cross stands larger than any monument that you have to your own sin. It dwarfs that monument to your sin. And the monument of the cross says that in his wrath, God remembered to be merciful to you. He remembered to show you mercy. He loves you that much. So what can you as a righteous person pray when you are in a stressful situation caused by your own sin? Lord, have mercy. In your wrath against sin, remember to be merciful to me, a sinner. Life is messy. Life is stressful. We need to know how to pray in stressful times. Habakkuk taught Israel, and he has taught us today, what to pray in stressful times. We should pray that God preserves life. Cry out to God to save life, to save your life and the life of others. And we should pray that God provides understanding for us in stressful times. Pray that God helps to clear up the confusion as to why these things are happening to us. And finally, pray for mercy. We all desperately need God's mercy as much as the Israelites in Habakkuk's day needed God's mercy. The good news of the gospel is that the righteous will receive mercy. We will receive mercy as we live by faith. Let's pray together. God, we are grateful that you always hear your children's prayers. And this is a very stressful time for us, Lord. We are under a great deal of stress as a nation and as your people. And so we ask you today, hear our prayer. Hear us as we come before you, asking for life to be preserved asking for understanding about what is happening in our confusing days, and asking for mercy in the season when we need to repent of our sin. Thank you that you have heard these prayers. Teach us to pray over and over again, and may you be honored 
as you answer these prayers. In your name we pray. Amen.